Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. Hello, this is Tom Nettles. Welcome to this next edition of The Doctrinal Component. We're going to begin a series on the issue of law and gospel, a very important and major biblical theme, uh, and we're going to look at it beginning in the life of Andrew Fuller. Andrew Fuller was one of the most profound theologians of the late 18th and early 19th century among Baptists. He came from a hyper-Calvinist background and thought through all the theological issues connected with that and came out with a very profound understanding of the relationship of the law to the gospel and the concept of righteousness that is a prominent concept in both of those biblical issues. So we're going to get eventually to some of the biblical and theological material, but we'll begin by investigating this in the life of Andrew Fuller. Andrew Fuller was born in 1754 on February the 6th at Wiccan in Cambridgeshire in England. His father was a farmer who moved several times. He had to rent farms, and one, the rent on one would run out or get too high, and he would go to another. And so they several times they moved to rent farms. Robert Fuller died in 1781 when he was 58 years of age. Andrew Fuller's mother was named Philippa. She actually outlived Andrew Fuller. And Fuller followed in his father's footsteps until he was about 20. And at that time, he had been converted, and he began to serve as a pastor. As he wrote in his memoirs, which he wrote in a series of letters, actually, to John Rowland, Jr., his good friend, he said that he remembered the sins of his childhood. He was much addicted to lying and to cursing and swearing. By 10 years of age, he said he left off swearing entirely. And he left off lying, except in cases where I was under some pressing temptation, as he says. I think each of us has experienced that, and we realize that we become situationists when we're pressed by a situation and are willing to tell a lie rather than suffer for the truth. When he was 14 years of age, he said he had much serious thought about futurity, a word he used to talk about issues of judgment in heaven and hell and eternity. He heard preaching regularly, and he wondered about faith. He knew that faith was the thing by which a person was justified, that when God saved a person, he gave him faith. And so he wondered if he had faith. And on one occasion, he came across two young hawks, which he was able to catch. He bound them together and tied them to a bush, and he went on about his business. When he came back, they had escaped. And so he thought this would be a good test of his faith. Surely if faith can remove a mountain, it can bring back two young hawks. And so he commanded the hawks to appear. Uh, they didn't appear, and so this particular test of his faith failed. It didn't seem to bother him uh, terrifically, but 
He was just curious as to whether or not that particular principle about the power of faith would operate in his case. More seriously, though, he began to read John Bunyan. He read Bunyan's Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners and also Pilgrim's Progress. Both of these had a profound effect on him. In fact, Bunyan's Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners is a story that reads much like Fuller's own experience of conversion. Many points of uh, insecurity, many tests that, to which he put himself, many scriptures that he examined. And it's a story about how Bunyan finally came to full assurance through understanding the powerful and objective nature of the revelation we have in Scripture, particularly as it relates to the objective work of Christ and how that gives security to the person who has been brought to faith in Christ. Pilgrim's Progress also provided images for Fuller, and he saw that the Christian life was one in which true faith would manifest itself by perseverance and endurance all the way uh, to heaven. He read Ralph Erskine's Gospel Sonnets, and these sonnets were powerful in their manifestation of the gripping nature of one's love for Christ, uh, one's analysis of how Christ had saved him. And often he was moved to tears in reading these gospel sonnets by Ralph Erskine. At times he felt a deep sense of benevolence toward people that were older or people that were poorer. And he wondered if this meant that he had saving faith. Soon he came under a deep conviction, not just of wondering if they was doing things that would indicate he had faith, but he came under conviction of iniquity and discerned its power in his soul. A scripture was suggested to his mind, Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. In these days when a scripture was suggested to a person, they tended to think that this was a personal promise that God was making to them at that moment. And so he received some degree of relief from this scripture being suggested to him at that time, but it soon wore off. Another scripture was suggested later. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions. Again, that was transient. And when he reached 15 years of age, he says, notwithstanding any convictions and hopes, the bias of my heart was not changed. In our next look at Fuller on this issue of law and gospel, we will investigate his conversion and the impact that that had on his thinking about God's claim on his life. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Doctrinal Component.